this is tied to your identity is connected to your purpose. Now, uh, so guys, pull out your pen. I was going to send out those comments yesterday, but I decided not to. So that um, you can know that your pastors, you don't know what you, what you, what you meet or find on Sunday. So you, you come ready. So pull out your pens right now. There's a question on the, there's a question on the, uh, that will come on your screen right now. And you have five minutes to do this ex- exercise. So um, there's a pen in, your, in that, well, we can write it on your phone too, if that works for you guys. I'll give you five minutes. Um, I might cut it down to four. So, no, no, second one, the, the other one. Is it not, it's not coming up, right, that's the one, yeah. So, say not now. Okay, just leave it there, just leave it there, I'll come and sort it out. So guys, there's a question on your screen, the guys on Zoom, I'm not sure, uh, the guys in-house need to see this one, good. Right, so, um, right, fantastic. Now, so guys, question. And, and, I, and I can see something. Okay, let's. I guess you guys can see my seven jalomi, right? Okay, don't worry about that. That's fine. Uh, right, this one. Let's see. Brilliant. The technology can give you problems sometimes. Now, so, now I said your identity is connected to your purpose. The question is this Describe your life. That is, how is your life adding value to other people's lives? Now, this is not for you to answer the question, uh, one, I mean, one after the other. I put those three questions together to paint that picture for you. So it's about what is your life producing? Who are you? So describe your life. That's the question. But I'm not giving you, um, you know, help, references as to guide you to answer those questions. Say, how, so, so the question is, how is your life adding value to other people's lives? If your name was mentioned, what do or would people attribute it to? Your five minutes. What contributions are you making into God's kingdom to advance it on earth? Amen. Five minutes. Describe your life. Just describe your life in one sentence or two sentences. Describe your life. God is watching you as you are writing or not writing. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys have been expecting it. But this is the way we're going at the Transformers Church. Paloshko, thank you, Father. To empower you, help you discover and become what God has called you to be so they can go out there. Thank you, Holy Spirit represent Jesus make a difference making up every moment of your life with a sense of purpose thank you Holy Spirit thank you Father thank you Jesus thank you Lord time up awesome so uh, yes praise the Lord So you guys are wrapping up, right? You good? Fantastic. Now, I'm going to get feedback after the, after the service. It's one of the reasons why you, one second, let me get my, it's one of the reasons why you try as much as possible to be in church on Sunday because that's anything you can experience online. Amen. We're just watching. Uh, myself and Syria were chatting this morning and uh, she said, you know, a lot of, we both concurred that a lot of people have become lazy since after pandemic. If you are watching this by any chance, 
please. Cast out that demonic spirit around you that discourages you from going into church in person. It's a demonic attitude. I'm not saying you are demonic or you're demon-possessed, but it's the devil. When I say demon, I mean the devil. It's the devil discouraging you to fellowship with the believers in person. Amen. I know, the, I know we're doing a lot of a virtual, virtual, virtual. Okay, I'll not get into that, but virtual doesn't really help. You, get, you, need, you need to meet with people in person. Praise the Lord. So bless you guys who are here today. Um, I'm sure you guys are seeing the, feeling the impact already. Amen. Right, so your identity is connected to your purpose. Whatever you've written down, we'll talk about it later on, but stay with me. Let's go on this journey, and you'll see the reason why you were given that exercise. Now, what is identity? What is identity? I'm going to give us two dictionary definitions, and I will call out the problems with those definitions. Because that is how most of us identify ourselves, call ourselves. So I'll say an identity is a representation of you. When you say identity, representation of you, you know, from that exercise, if people called your name, if your name was mentioned, what would they attribute it to? That's your identity based on their perception. So your identity can be defined based on people's perception of you or based on what you believe in yourself. But what about what God says about you? Amen. Dictionary.com defines identity as this. Identity is a unique set of characteristics that can be used to identify a person as themselves and no one else. So, characteristics that can be used to describe you, just you, and nobody else. So, they say Jolomi is this. This is Jolomi. But what are they saying about Jolomi? How do they perceive Jolomi? Amen. Now, on a personal level, identity often refers to a person's self sense of self. So, there are two sides to that. So, there's what people, the characteristics that people have um, identified or set or defined to identify you. Or how you refer to yourself, your sense of self. How you describe yourself. You know, how, do, how you view yourself compared to other people. The first part of this service, we missed it. Oh, Lord, I don't, know. I don't know how to help you there. Amen. Because everything is tied together. Everything I said, normally we will pray, but everything I said there, I didn't plan it, but I can see how they are all fitting in. So service today started at 9.45. So if you're joining at, after 10, uh, you'll be kind of late. Amen. Let's carry on. So your sense of self, how you view yourself compared to other people. Now, what I was sharing with us this morning that I'm leading us on a journey whereby we mind our own business. How other people are running their life is none of your business. Let me bless you with something. Now, there's something about this brand, 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 branding, 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 your brand. And the Lord was quickening my heart, was inspiring me. I was doing my medita- one of my meditation sessions. And a few things that stood out to me in that meditation was this. Now, People try to, a lot of people are encouraged to build their brand. Now, branding, because I did some marketing when I was in uni. Now, branding, at the core of branding, is the value that you deliver to customers. So when you think McDonald's, or when you think, that's in terms of a fast food, when you think, um, I'm giving out free, 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 huh? Timberland, okay. Timber, okay, see, my wife is giving an example. Because I wear Timberland, that's what I wear, right? Because... 
I can, I can rock it for three years. If, my, if I get a pair of Timberland men, it's, I feel sorry for it because I will wait until it is won. Amen. I don't believe in there's pain in beauty. What do they call it? Because I, I, there's beauty in pain. You know, I have a, there's a guy I know, a kind of friend, um, who's, who, who likes shoes. Or a, a couple of guys I've come across, who like, they like to buy, to, to, to buy shoes, but they go for shoes that really look nice, even though it's very painful to the leg. I don't believe in that philosophy of, uh, you know, kind of stuff. So when you, when, you think, when you think Timberland, what comes to your mind? I think durability. I think comfort. I think I can enter anywhere. Now, so we're talking about set of characteristics that define a person. So when you say Timberland, when you, okay, let, let's take it to grocery stores. So when you think Asda, Tesco, John Lewis. Okay, that's okay. I'm mixing them up. So let's, let's, I'll take it again. When you think Asda, Tesco, which other one is there? Sainsbury's. Oh, we're going up. Aldi, Lidu. So what comes to your mind? What do they stand for? I get to, And then when you not think Waitrose. Oh, praise the Lord. Max and Spencer. Ah, the level is changing. Co-op. Oh, no. I get to me. So when you think, when you hear those names, what comes to mind? So I was talking about branding. You know, branding, to a very much extent, at the core is the value you deliver. And God was speaking to me about this, this wrong notion about brand. So people start, majority of the people who are trying to brand themselves, what they're doing is this. They are trying to portray themselves in a certain way to the world, but that's not what they truly are. A lady was sharing with me about a Christian guy who has a lot of, uh, over a million followers, but is very, very promiscuous, sleeping around ladies and um, you know, sending his indecent text messages to a friend. And this person is very popular on social media because they, they man of God and they, they hold conferences, they hold shows. We, we, we keep the identity. So to a very much extent, that guy has a brand. He has a, people have a perception of him. I'm going somewhere. But is that who he truly is? So that's, I've said all of that to say to you guys, to say, you know what, don't be moved by the perception that people portray to you. And don't be like people well, you, want to, you want people to have a particular perception of you guys. We are getting to the core of identity. Today is a remarkable day in the life of the Transformers Church because we are stepping on this journey that will help you mind your business and focus on your life. What the Kardashians are doing is not of your, not of your business. Right? How the Kardashians are living their life is none of your business. Because if you're not careful, what you're doing is you are feeding your mind with how they live their lifestyle. And whether you like it or not, what you watch will inspire you into something. Whether you want to believe it or not. Because your eyes are, they are gates of content to come to your soul. So your eyes is a connecting point, is a channel to your soul. Amen. So don't join this branding thing. So we're still talking about set of characteristics used to define you. So who are you? What are your value system? What do you stand for at the core? Not what people think of you, but who you truly are, what you truly believe. Friends, there's a danger. If you live for perception, if you live so that people can have a perception of you, you will never, be, you will never experience the true freedom that God has given you in Christ Jesus. Because you'll be living on to meet the expectation of people, many of whom do not know who they are. Friends, these are deep stuff. 
that if you can meditate on them and act on them, you experience a joy that you have never experienced in your life. So don't live for perception. Don't live for what people think of me. Friends, that's why I try to be myself everywhere I find myself. Say, what I am acting here, this is who I am at home. You will not find a different Sunday at home. It's just too hard for me. I guess because I'm, 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 I'm kind of um, sensitive to stress. So it's just too much work. Okay, I don't want, uh, if Sarah comes to her house, I don't want her to know that I'm like this. You know? So when we go out, no, no, no. Last week, Wednesday, was it Wednesday or Thursday, I was, in, I was in London, I was in the office. And they were trying to shut down and to close. And I was eating my chicken. I bought this chicken with my money, right? And the fork and the knife were not doing good justice. Then I used my hand. And I enjoyed it. I cleaned my hand and I left. So how I would do it in my home is the way I did it there. So if you think your conduct, your, act, act, your, your behavior, something is embarrassing, then fix it. As opposed to be something else at home, be something at home, and you're something else outside. Because this thing is affecting people. Amen. So please don't live for what people think of you. People's perception of you. Who are you? What do you believe? What do you stand for? See, God has called you to a life of freedom. God wants you to be free wherever you find yourself. And that freedom is rooted on the pine by how you really are when no one is watching. Because what you're doing in secret is only a matter of time. We come out. Amen. We come out. I was talking to Jolami. I don't know why God is bringing all this to my mind. And so there's a friend, we, we had some issues. And, um, you know, there was something, it's a long story. And they got angry and they said, oh man, of dirty, disgusting, toxic thing to me. And Lord was showing me yesterday that, you know, those things they said to you is the real content of their heart. Is what they are thinking and what they believe, what they see me, how they see me. So this person have come to apologize, but the things they said, for, for someone who is a pastor and well-respected, who is high, you know, kind of thing I respect, I've been working with for many years, but for them to say those things, no, because they were too dirty, they were too toxic. To the point that the second voice note they sent to me, the Holy Spirit, that don't listen, even though I mistakenly, by disobedience, listened to four seconds, what I had in four seconds knocked me down for 48 hours. What is inside of you will come as only a matter of time. So to a very much extent, though this person has apologized, they need to go fix those evil thoughts they have of me. And I thank God that situation brought it out. Who are you? And she showed me a lot about their character and what's going on behind the scenes that I'm not seeing. And that's why when people come around me, I listen for what they are not saying. There are a lot of things I know about members of our church that I don't even think I know because their unconscious thought shows me where their heart really is. So you, you can't come to pastor and say, and try to have a face, a particular perspective, or you want pastor to believe this of you. You have no clue what pastor knows about you because you've given me a lot of clues. I've seen a lot of things that many people don't know I have a clue about. So TTC is not, I guess, one reason why people don't want to come to TTC. Because I'll find out, I will know, you will say it. Amen. So beware of people's perception of you. Don't allow that to move you. See, I used to be this kind of person. As long as people see me in a particular way, I'm happy. No, no. Your happiness should not be rooted in what people think of you. Your happiness should be rooted in who you truly are. 
I repeat, your happiness should not be rooted or determined or defined by people's perception of you, but who you truly are, your character. We are, we are still coming to who you really are, your identity, but let, these are just foundation. This is still introduction. Amen. Jasmine has said, I can, it's okay. Like, I, I, can, I, I think I can hear by the Spirit. Like we, can, we can do this until 12 o'clock, right? <laughs> it's time I see Jasmine smile. I just smile. There's something about Jasmine. She, she has a lovely personality. She's like, it's time I see I just start smiling. <laughs> Amen. Let's carry on. Next one. Another definition of identity. Identity is simply defined as the characteristics determining who or what a person or thing is. Now, I'm bringing to us the worldly perception of identity. The world's perception of identity. Because the world believes identity as this, and that's why they fit in, they, 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 they fit in whatever they like in there. So, if characteristics are used, or your experience, whatever it is, if they are used to determine who you are, Okay, what if those things are negative? So does that mean that's who you are? Amen. So, and when we talk about characteristics, an example is race, ethnicity, gender. You know, we have a lot of problems about gender, and a lot of people are genderly, they are, they are genderly confused. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They are genderly confused, gender confusion. God made it so easy for us, male or female. Have you had the stupidity that's coming out of the Church of England to address God as they? Madness is going to another level. Illusion. You know, Jasmine's being nice. Illusion. This is madness. You know, when I was studying the word this morning, I said, let's just make it so. Just, let's just do it. If we say we are Christians, let's do things how Christ, whom we follow, did it. Because that's the basis of Christianity. So, if Jesus referred to God as he, our father, just do it. Because the premise of your Christianity is, is that you are a follower of Jesus. So, if Jesus did not address things in a certain way, the believers should not address anything or factor that way. Because what we are trying to do as believers is we are trying to conform to the image of the Son of God on the inside of us. We are trying to live out that life of Christ that is already on the inside of us. Amen. So, if you've come across that video of that debate and you are confused and you're thinking, Pastor Tony, what do we do about it? It's so simple. Don't join them. Jasmine said it's illusion. I add up top of it. I it's madness. Just do, if you're a follower of Christ, you're a Christian, just do what Jesus did. Don't do what Jesus did not do. It's simple. He raised 12 guys. One of them committed suicide because he was, um, he had issues with money, right? He raised, he raised the, uh, the 11 guys, apostles. We saw the life of um, Paul Apostle 2, you know, this is a long story. These guys set the foundation. They set things right for us. Just, if you're a Christian, if you say you, if you believe you're a Christian, if you say, you say you're a Christian, just follow what the Bible says. Not the opinion of people. Praise the Lord. I hope we've resolved that matter now. So let's carry on. Sexual orientation, physical attributes, personality. I'm talking about characteristics of identity. Personality. Hmm. Political affiliations. I'm the right, I'm of the left. The people that God, the people that Jesus died for, the people that God sent Jesus to die for, identifying themselves as either the right or the left. Where is Jesus? 
So today they are PDP, if you are in Nigeria, tomorrow they are APC. They are broom, 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 and all kind of stuff. And if you're in the UK, they are either speaking English or they are, they are trying to pull down the rich people. Where is Christ? Amen. Religious beliefs, professional identities, that was a big one. That was a big one in my life because I used to respect people who have big titles in the workplace. Until God began to show me the foolishness and the dumbness of people, of senior directors. Some directors would say some things, do some things, and you were like, excuse me, sir, did you have, do you have common sense? I mean, God is amazing. You know, God is just too, too good. I can't thank God enough for the things open my eyes to see. I'll be in board meetings, well-dressed, well-spoken, well-paid, senior people, Say, they say, it's too embarrassing, I can't utter them. And you're like, wait, wait, do you have common sense at all? So, that's why you can never determine or define the value of the worth of a person because of their professional identity, because they are the director. So what? I don't want to mention names. One of the richest men in the world was exchanging nude photos with a lady. And a lot of us celebrate this guy, respect him, stuff like that. According to the word of God, is that what somebody whose mind is correct should be doing should do? Oh. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. What is purpose? We're saying your identity is connected to your purpose. So we're trying to build that identity side, and then we look at purpose. <clears throat> now, the reason for which something exists, created, exists, done, or created. So I'll spend about many weeks talking about purpose, right? Discovering your purpose. So we'll talk about people's perception of you, what you think of you, you describing yourself based on your characteristics and stuff like that. Now, what is purpose? Because we're trying to connect two things, identity and purpose. Now, purpose is the reason for which something exists, done, or created. Watch this. Now, how you see yourself will determine if you will discover or fulfill God's given purpose in your life. Yeah. How you see yourself will determine if you will discover at all or fulfill your God-given purpose. Let's look at the other slide. Uh, let me try to work on that one, and then uh, I think we're going to shut down. I'll come, I'll come with examples next week. Um, do you have the slide, this slide two on there? So, so that I can, I can summarize this or bring this up, people, guys. So look at this. I've said, if the enemy interrupts my conversation, I have two mics, so I'm going to use two. So, right. So if you look at this, right, that's fine. You can... Okay, good. So, ideally, this is the foundation of identity. The foundation of identity. Your identity, you have physiological identity, which is how you look. Your external, what we can see. You have psychological identity, which is how you think. And then we talk about Spiritual identity, who you truly are. So when you, when you see yourself as a person, 
right? Be mindful of these three factors, these three components. Every human being is a spirit at the core of their very being. They are spirit, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Like I was saying earlier on, people have psychological identity. You know, they identify themselves based on their personality, you know, um, how they feel. But I want, to call, I want to call out a few things that we need to be very careful uh, about. Now, if your physiological, if you, how you define yourself, guys, I, I know I skipped a few things, a few things I didn't kind of nail out there because, well, because of my time. But going forward, let me see how, how best I can do this. I was going to finish this today, but let me see. Let me try to make something very tangible out of this. I'm trying to connect purpose to identity, and I'm trying to see, I'm trying to really, really show us that how we see ourselves will determine whether we discover our purpose at all, or even fulfill it, or even pursue it at all. Watch this. Physiological. So some people, to them, who they are is how they look. You can see the fine, pretty face there, but trust me, there's a lot of punk, there's a lot of uh, kicks on that face. You know, there might be layers and layers and layers. What you see there on the, on the, on the, uh, on the far left, uh, you don't know which one is real, honestly. That hair t- tomorrow might no longer be there. You know, anything might happen. I'm not trying to diss women, sorry. You know, if I'm, is it the, yeah, that's not my intention, but I'm just saying. I'll get to it. So when a person thinks their body, they are their body. What do you think they want to do? What, did, what do you think they will call their purpose? To be a model. One. If a person thinks they're their body, what they will focus on most of the time is their looks. And we know that looks are not consistent. I mean, looks will not remain the same forever. Looks change. And if you are pretty and you meet the standard of um, some other, some model, some companies or so to say, you know, those, I don't want to go in there. If you meet their criteria from looks perspective, their own criteria of looks and they defined you as you are this, then you have problems when you start changing. Because whether you like it or not, age will catch up with you. So many people on on the flip side who don't see themselves to be as attractive as the girls or women or men who have the package or six-pack, they look down on themselves and they think that there's nothing to really live for. Many of our teenage, uh, teenage girls today are confused you know, they are confused because they believe looks is, 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 is it. I'm attractive. I'm sexually attractive. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm that. Whether you like it or not, one day you're going to turn 40. You know, not 40, 40 you're still looking young. One day you turn 90 as lotteries. And you will, not, you, will, you will not keep looking the way you were looking. Amen. You will turn 90 one day the lotteries. Amen. A lot of people have a lot of nervous breakdowns. There's a lot of psychological problems people are going through because of their looks. Because they think they are their looks. They think they are their body. And that's how you see some shameless guys, you know, uh, remove their shirt because they are built. You know, they have six-pack and their chest is broad. And they, they walk around the street, you know, displaying their chest because they think they are their body. They may, they may say, no, I don't believe that's who I am. But what you flaunt the most is a reflection of who you believe you are. I repeat, what you flaunt the most in your life is who you believe you are. I mean, what you flaunt, what you advertise, what you announce to the world tells us what you believe about yourself. I preach the gospel. I talk about other different things. 
And those things come from the core of my being, who I believe I am. I'm a world changer. So when I have conversations, I'm, I'm having conversations that can change lives, which many people, unfortunately, find it too serious. Even when I made this as light as possible. So what should we be talking about? I remember there's a family I used to talk to. One day it occurred to me that, wait, all we talk about when we meet together is about other people. This person did this, this person did that. And I didn't like it. But, for today, but to them, that is... Jitsin, that is, I'm like, let's talk about you. And it dawned on me one day that, you know what, these people, even though I opened up to them, show them stuff about my life, because that's what friends are and stuff like that, they never say anything about themselves. But we talk about other people. So it's about, talk, I talk about myself, or they talk about other people. And I was like, this is not helpful. Amen. So physiological, physical attributes, including height, weight, shape, facial appearance. That's not the real you. Next one, psychological. Affecting or arising in the mind related to mental or emotional state of a person. Some people, whatever, because of the brokenness in their life, whether abuse or whatever it is they've been through, right? Some people then define themselves that way. Single mothers, because they have a child out of wedlock, then define themselves that way. I'm good for nothing, you know, so many psychological identification in that area regarding, um, it's, it's, it's horrible. Right? So you can see the face on the screen there. You know, I don't know what she's thinking. Some people, because they, are depre- because they, they struggle with depression, anxiety, and things like that, and they just take it as their identity. This is me. Some people, because they have weaknesses around sexual things and stuff like that, they say that is who they are. So whether we like it or not, one way or the other, we have a psychological identification. Some people, part, our personalities, I'm quite outspoken, right? But I, 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 I don't see myself as my personality. Because personalities sometimes do change as you go through stages in life. In 20 years' time, I may become more quiet, more calm, but that doesn't mean I will lose fire, right? Then when your personality is changing with time or circumstances or things like that, then people who used to relate with you or define you as a personality, when that's changing, if that's the reason why they came to you, sometimes they don't no longer feel any connection with you. So something is not right with all of these identifications. Amen. And um, to some extent, some people who have problems with um, depression and all the kind of things, many times they believe they are called to help people who are struggling with similar things. But that your depression and things, I'll fix it by God's grace, by the power of the Holy Ghost with the word of God. So does that mean that you no longer have a calling? You see what I'm talking about? That how you see, how you see yourself will determine whether you will discover your purpose, pursue it or fulfill it at all. Because what you think of yourself will affect how, what you think you are called to do. Many people are pursuing ministries that's none of your business because of the situation they are going through in life. The fact that you've been, you've been through a situation doesn't mean that it's going to be your calling because God did not bring that bad situation into your life. You know, the devil did and God is helping you out. So we're going to go through situations and circumstances in life, but does that mean that we, ne- we then build our ministry on that or say this is my calling and ministry? No. So how you see yourself will affect what you think you are called to do. Let's get it, please. Last one, spiritual. Condition of your spirit. 
I think I've taught us a lot about that one. You're either a child of the devil, that's blunt, right? Or a child of God, simple. <laughs> You're either a sinner or a righteous person. Now, a child of the devil is not because we're, I'm not trying to say you're a bad or evil person. I'm saying that you don't carry the DNA, the spiritual identification of God. You don't carry the life of God. It's as simple as that. And if you don't like that, if that offends you, then come to Jesus. Amen. When the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, a new creature, all things are passed away and all things become new. If you come to Christ Jesus and receive him into your life as your Lord and your Savior, you will receive a new identification, a new spiritual identity. And friends, I put that one last, I put that one last on the far uh, right because that's the least people think about. What most people think about, where, people, where identity starts, for, starts from for many people is the body, then the soul. Many people don't even get to the spirit at all. And many believers today are not discovering the will of God for their life. They don't have a vibrant relationship with God because they do not know who they are spiritually. And that's why they will run from one person to another person to pray for them. They're exhausted. They are tired. They cannot pray as they say. You know, uh, one, of the, one of the respected ladies um, in, in some space, Christian space, you know, was talking one very respected lady, you know, has a huge following online, and you know, following, yeah, it's a network of some guys that I know. And uh, she was talking about prayer, and she said, you know, she believes that at times she's so busy she's not able to pray, and she believes that God understands that she has the kids to look after, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wait, at this stage of your spiritual life, with how the world respects you, this is how you think about God. I don't follow her. But she, she commands attention and she speaks well. But if that is how you believe, if, the, if that's what you believe, our prayer and your relationship with God, you've not started ministry. Because that's the fundamental. Because God is your father and you should be able to speak to God any day, anytime, anywhere. So if you're thinking because you've not been able to seclude yourself to a place and pray for a long time, God may be angry at you. Something is not right. Yeah, we can take that off. Thank you, babe. Amen. So, at the core of our life, where we should start from when it comes to identity is about spirit. Because God is spirit. Jesus said, John chapter 4. God is spirit, and they without worshiping was worshiping spirit and in truth. So, if you want to hear God about your purpose, about your life, you got to focus on your spirit, who you are, as a child, who you are, being a child of God. Amen. You are a child of God. John 1, 12 says, as many, to as many as received him, he gave them the right to become a child of God. Okay, let's read it. So in case someone is thinking, are oh, we in church today? We didn't read the Bible. Oh, you didn't come. You didn't start with us. That's, it. That's what it is. Okay, let's go and read John 1, 12. Now, it reads, Jesus speaking here, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Sorry, I'm missing this. Uh, one second, guys. Let me see this. Uh, okay, right. So this is the Any King James Version, right? So this is John speaking. It are we? That's a John one twelve. Yeah, John one twelve. Yeah, yeah. I'm mixing that with John fourteen six, where Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." Now John was saying, "He said, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right." to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So when you believe in Jesus, you are given that right to be a child of God. And if God is a spirit, and you're a child of God, what part of you is affected? Your spirit. 
So if you want to know your purpose, your true purpose, it starts at a spiritual level. Not based on your looks, not based on how you feel, not based on the situations and circumstances you've gone through. And there's more, there's more to that area when it comes to fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life. I'm going to be talking about obedience. I'm going to be taking us through a lot of stuff. There's so much there, but the fundamental part of it is to ensure that you don't go by how you feel, your psychology, your personality, what your passion, your interest. You don't go by your looks. You go by what God is saying to you. You're a child of God. Friends, God can speak to your heart. I repeat, God can speak to your heart. God will speak to your spirit. God doesn't speak to people's mind. It's when all options have been exhausted that God may have to one with you that get angels and communicate to your mind. So don't expect God to speak to your mind. He's a spirit. And at the core of you is spirit. So that's why I don't expect that a person who is not born again will have access to the heart of the Father. Because you can't. You don't have his life. You are, you are not identified with him. Amen. I'm talking about the newborn again. I'm not talking about the prophets in the Old Testament because that is the question. That the prophets in the Old Testament, didn't, they were not born again, so how did they hear? It's a different story for another day. But I'm talking about for a child of God, for a, for a, new, for a present-day believer in this dispensation of grace and truth, if you're not born again, you cannot access the heart of the Father. If your spirit man is not changed, you cannot access the, uh, uh, you cannot access the heart of the Father. Let's go to Romans 8.14 very quickly, then we shut down. Romans 8.14. Watch this. It reads, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So when you give your life to Christ, when... <laughs> When you become a Christian, a born-again child of God, you receive the spirit of adoption. You become a child of God. And every child of God should expect to be able to hear God about what he wants to do through them. Friends, I plead with you by the message of God. Don't start your journey of discovering your purpose or fulfilling it. Don't start with how you look or your, your experiences. People say things like, what have you been through? Those things you've been through, right, uh, to a very much extent, this is my own language, I like to use it to a very much extent, what you've been through, but this is how they say, what you've been through, you know, God put you through it so that he can use you to minister to people in that area. That's not true. Because some problems we've been, we, we are, we've been through in, in life could have been avoided if we had known how to hear God and walk with God. So the enemy, the devil, is, is the person who brings evil into our lives and God rescues us. Now, God can use us and that experience to minister to people but that does not, and to help people, but that does not mean that that is, our, that is his original intention for our lives. No. Don't start with your experience. Don't start with any characteristic around you or any characteristics you may have or people's perception of you. Don't start with what your pastor sees of you. Even if your pastor receives a word about your proposal, some of you, a few guys I kind of know, my wife I knew, she's just stepping into it. I've written it down and I read it over and over. What God says to me about her, and she's going to do it. It's just a matter of time. I get him. She preached last week, Sunday. We are getting there. Praise the Lord. Amen. Even, but I'm leaving her to discover it. Even though I know, leaving her to discover it, supporting her, you know, prompting her here one direction or the other. 
But that doesn't mean she should take what I say, look like and sink and run with it. No. You have to have that connection with God. Praise God. You're going to have that connection with God. Because you are a child of God. You have received the spirit of adoption. And I wish I could go into Jesus' story, but probably next week if I, if I think we can have enough time to, to, to bring that in. Praise the Lord. So your identity is connected to your purpose. How you see yourself, what you think of yourself, what you believe of yourself will determine whether you will discover God's purpose at all or you will even pursue or follow it. Now, your, key, your actions is this. You need to withdraw to yourself from time to time to meditate on God's word. Start with building a core relationship with the Father. Learn to, learn to know, learn to know God you know, such that he's real to you. Let God be real to you. The Bible, Jesus said, said, said the things that were written in scriptures are things that testify of him. So if you want to know Jesus and have that spiritual relationship and connection with God and Jesus Christ, like John 1 says that if we walk in the light, we, you know, we have fellowship with the Father. Let's withdraw to yourself and read the Bible. Think about it. Ask God questions. Relate to God as if he was there with you. Because he's there with you. The spirit is spirit which represents him is in your life. Is in your spirit. Prioritize your relationship. Uh, point number two, change the way you think. Change your thinking. Don't start your purpose with your body, how you feel. Your emotions can change. Amen. You can change your emotions. You can change your feelings. You can change how you feel. Amen. Try to cultivate your spirit whereby you are conscious of your spiritual identification, your spiritual identity. I'm a child of God. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. Let your spirit lead your emotions. You may be feeling awkward, depressed one day, but say, I have the joy of the Holy Ghost in my heart. I have God in my spirit, so I'm going to rejoice. Even though I feel depressed, even though I feel anxious, I choose to rejoice. Amen. Renew your mind. Mind the company you keep. Mind what you watch. I love what Sarah said yesterday. It was amazing about anxiety. The long story. Go, if you go for hour and then say, Sarah Abraham, find out on, on Facebook and watch the video. Uh, our message from yesterday was very, very good. Very, very good. I, I was so blessed. I get in the house. You know, and I was sharing to my wife. I was sharing with my wife when I, when, I, when I finished watching the message. You know, how anxiety builds in your mind without your consciousness. You know, when negative, 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 negative situations and circumstances are fused in your mind, then your subconscious mind, and all of a sudden, maybe three or five days later, anxiety, panic attacks begins to trigger in your heart. I've said this several times. We're going to shut down now. He said, the devil is so good that when he attacks you, it will ensure that you cannot trace the source of that problem. If you have fear, when it comes to trusting God with your money, the devil can put fear in your life concerning something else, but you, what you may not realize is that you're not wanting to trust God with your finances is what is driving fear in that other direction. I've seen this in my life, in the life of many people. Many people have had to sit down with them, listen carefully, discern, and, and 100% of the time, what I, where, where I find the problem is not the direction they are looking at. Where, like somebody said, we had an issue, they said it was because I did something, that's why they reacted that way. I said, no. Those people were last night. I said, no. What they said in those voice notes to you is a reflection of the evil thoughts in their mind. And they need to go back and play those voice notes and ask themselves, 
why do would I say this kind of thing? What is going on in my mind? I've said to people, sometimes how you get to really know what is in people's mind is when they are drunk, when they are angry, what comes out of people, you, you, that's what comes out. So watch that, uh, guys, I can go on and uh, at this point in time, I'm just going to put a comma and then we, uh, we continue the next week. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we thank you for this morning speaking to us, in, speaking to our heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray that our eyes will be open to see your heart regarding this as you have communicated this message to our heart. That we'll see, we'll see what you want us to see. Yes, Lord. That we'll see this. Lord, I know this is a beginning for, this is a beginning, this is the beginning of the journey for many of us. But Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that this will not be just a message, but a quickening of the heart. I speak over your people that their hearts will be steered, Lord, to begin to focus on what is on the inside of them. That they will begin to cultivate, spend more time cultivating your relationship, their relationship with you. And they will be able to hear your heart. And as many who is going in a direction, you have not led them, that they will begin to hear you and take us correction in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I trust you for this family that will become those people who hear you, who can feel your heartbeat who can even feel your non-verbal communication and go in the direction of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.